Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 25 of the Lessons Learned podcast. I am not even going to try and put on a face or pretend like my brain isn't on overdrive or like I have a handle on most things because I don't. I'm just so happy that I am sitting down and recording that I am sharing with all of you today. Wow, what a few weeks it's been. Now, I don't want to be repetitive and say all of the isms that people have been saying about use this time to create what is in you to create and no use this time to just chill out and do you know let it be hard let it be all the things and it's like I just needed to tune out for a while step back from pretending to be a teacher right now and just let myself process and be with my own experience and so I was going live every day the first 10 days of of self-isolation And then something just kind of shifted and I had to listen and take a step back and just pause. And so that's kind of the state I've been in the last week or so. Big things have had to happen and something like I'm going to touch on a lot of things today, but the the most top of mind right out of the gate is grieving the plans we had. I was supposed to go on tour. My launch event was supposed to be next last week. And absolutely, given the scale and severity of what's happening in the world, we know that the problems that we have and the things we're grieving and all of those pieces of the puzzle of life right now, they are inconsequential given that we are in a global pandemic. Yet, I'm giving myself grace and I am being okay with the fact that things feel hard right now and that I didn't let myself feel things or process or let it hurt that this massive dream of mine isn't going to happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. Which isn't this such an example of the fact that we are not in control. Lots of folks on the spiritual side of things and the the coaches I follow keep saying that, you know, we are not in control. What you can control is how you react and respond to the thing. And I get it. I get it. People have told me that over and over again throughout my life because that's what was said to me coming out of a household that was abusive. That was what was said to me coming out of losing loved ones early in life. That's what was said to me coming out of so much pain and depression and trauma and a cancer diagnosis and a neurological illness and having to shut down my company last last summer when I realized the thing I meant to do is interview people and I'm going to go on this tour and people have said that to me for so much of my life the only thing you can control is how you react and respond but you know what happens before the reaction and the response the grieving the letting it be painful, the letting it be hard, 
the letting it suck. I might react and respond positively a week or so from now, and and the way I'm reacting and responding right now, sitting down and recording this, is way different than what it might have been last week. Because I had to let it hurt. I had to let the pain in. Because the pain is an indication of what matters, what mattered. And if we don't honor it, if we don't grieve, if we don't process all of the lost potential possibilities, dreams, plans, goals, aspirations, hopes, events, then we are in denial. We're doing a disservice to ourselves and our hearts and our minds and those plans And so I've had to take some time to grieve it all. The eight events, the 16 guests I was going to interview, the team that I was going to take on the road and have this unforgettable bonding experience with, the launches of the content that we were going to share with the world about resilience and rising, conversations with folks I admire so much, learning how do you come back from the hard stuff? How did you rise? Meanwhile, I'm sitting here unsure of how I come back from this. What do I do next? How do I hold space for people to talk about the hard, the uncomfortable, the rising when I feel stuck and not that great right now? And I know these are rhetorical questions. I know I will come through. I know we all will, because guess what? That's what humans do. We go through hard things. We are wired for hard things. We can do the hard things, as Glennon Doyle reminds us. But it doesn't make it any less hard. It doesn't make it any less shitty. It doesn't make it any easier. And I want to take a second to just honor whatever it is that you're grieving, whatever plans didn't come to life, whatever job didn't get to start, whatever job you didn't get to quit because now you need the job security, whatever it is that you had to part ways with, let's hold some space for those things that aren't going to be the way that we thought that they were. Take a second to just give yourself space to grieve it to process it because I cried for the first time about not going on tour two nights ago and that's like nearly two and a half weeks after we made the decision but it was because I just didn't have the space for it there was so many other things to figure out cash flow issues financial things logistical things groceries how are we doing this what are my parents doing my mom works at the hospital what's that going to look like for our family My brother is working at the pharmacy today. Like there's just so many different things that were begging for attention that I didn't get to honor and be with this loss because it is a loss. And yes, I know we're going to postpone and we're going to do it again later and all of those things, but it's not happening right now and it's not going to happen the way I initially imagined it and my affinity because I love silver linings and I do love looking at the bright side is to say it's going to be bigger. It's going to be better than what we thought it was going to be. We're going to make it even greater. We're going to find an even better sponsor to work with. All of the things, like I can be that positive human and we all can and I will lean on that and lean into that when I'm ready for it. But again, right now, it's just about holding space for what was and what isn't right now. 
And then how about this part of us that becomes so nasty, that part of our brain that can just become so nasty to us because we aren't doing everything right right now. The routine isn't perfect. The creating isn't perfect. The productivity isn't perfect. I find that my perfectionism rears its head in uncertainty. It's that loss of control. And now ego is trying to find something, anything to control. And that's where we have to be diligent and graceful and kind to ourselves. And remember that we're all doing our best and that our best is enough right now. I have been really beating myself up for stopping going live because I thought that's an anchor. That was a way I was showing up for all of you, my community. That was something I was doing for me to give me a semblance of routine every day, a way to show up because I love showing up and I love teaching. But I didn't. And that's uncomfortable because I'm a doer and I see so many other people and I see their courage and I see them showing up and sharing and speaking. I shared a quote from Brene Brown, rarely do we see wounds in the process of healing. And that's something that I had to learn the hard way. When I went through my cancer diagnosis back in 2016, I shared about it almost immediately. A couple days after the diagnosis, I shared a blog post. And so my very private cancer diagnosis became very public really fast because I chose to do that because that was my way of processing it. It was because I didn't feel fully safe in my life at the time, in my own skin at the time. I felt the need to publicly process this massive thing I was going through during a very public time of my life. And what I learned from that experience that I'm only just realizing in this moment, what I learned from sharing my cancer journey so openly and with so many people as it was happening was it actually took from me the opportunity to grieve and to fully be in the experience that that was. I would distract myself with other people's reaction and responses to the stories I had to share, the posts I was writing, the experience I was having, versus having the experience fully myself. And perhaps that was my inclination when I stopped going live, was to just let this be private for some time. To let myself make a little bit of sense of things. And my friend Mona Sharma, she shared last night that she was waiting for the dust to settle to feel ready to start sharing and creating again. But she realized that that's not going to happen. We're not necessarily going to feel normal, settled, grounded again. But we can take pockets of time for ourselves to re, refill our cups, to refuel ourselves before we take on the responsibility of creating for others or creating for ourselves. And that reminder was so important for me and it's a big reason why I'm sitting down today to create because as much as that affinity to stop and protect myself that kicked in to say, don't go live anymore, let this be yours, let it be private, figure this out. 
it was met with my truth as well, which is I'm a sharer, I'm a writer, I'm an artist, I'm a creator. I make sense of things by creating things and sharing them with others about the experiences I'm going through. That's how I make sense of my life as it happens. That's why I live and create the way that I do because it helps me process the experiences I'm having. And through my processing it and sharing it allows others to do the same. And so we're at this point where I keep delaying sitting down to record the show. I keep delaying sitting down to write. And then it happens at the most unexpected times. Like when I'm about to go to sleep, I just get hit with three or four pages of writing, which I did last night, (laughs) little couplets and poems. I actually think my grandfather paid me a visit last night because he's a poet and he would write in Urdu and he would call into a local radio show with his glass of alcohol, whatever it was, scotch, whatever he was drinking, and he would read his poetry on this radio show. And I forgot that I come from a long line of artists and creators. And what's really come up for me during this time is a questioning and a shame around being a creative and an artist right now about not necessarily having something more valuable to give to the world right now. And then I've remembered as I was writing last night and sharing what I wrote with Mitch earlier today, that it's actually the artists who create the works, the songs, the movies, the music, the words that allow us to heal. So now I feel and I know my responsibility is to show up in the ways that I can when I can, to share what I have to say, what I have to create, what I've felt processed and now am articulating with all of you because this is my greatest act of service I could possibly do is to show up and see myself and show up and allow myself to be seen by others because what artists create has the power to heal so many And when we're all collectively going through our greatest trauma we've seen as a society in our lifetime, there is a sense of responsibility that I feel to just do what I can, which is hold space, create some calm in your days, lend my voice, which so many of you have shared is a calming force in your weeks, to just let you pause and let you take in what is happening in your days, what is happening in your life, what is happening in the world. I've never been through this. You've never been through this, but we've been through hard things. And there's a gift right now that we're doing this hard thing together. I have felt so alone so often in my trauma and my pain, my diagnoses, my recoveries. I never really felt like people got it. But right now, everyone gets this experience. Everyone gets what we're going through together. We all get it. So let's be in company with it. Let's be in community with it. Let's not get lost in the isolation that our mind can sometimes force us into. Let's be in community in our pain. Let's be in community in our sadness. Let's be in community in our shame. Let's be in community in 
all of the ways that we possibly can right now. So many of the people that I look up to or who are my friends feel so much guilt right now for our privilege that we get to be in self-isolation, that we are so comfortable that at times it isn't so hard. Let's be in company in that truth. Let's be in company in our fears for those who are on the front lines, who are our family and friends. Let's create space to be in company around the isolation that healthcare providers must be feeling right now when they can't walk into their houses, when they are sleeping in their cars, when they are sleeping in their garages because that's their only option right now. Let's be in community with those who don't have enough money right now to make things work, who are facing homelessness, who maybe migrants in India walking hundreds of kilometers to get back to their home villages, unsure if they're carriers of COVID, but with no other option but to do what they're trying to do for themselves and their families. Let's be in company and community with one another through all of this. All of this is true and all of it is valid. Your pain is valid. Our pain is incomparable. When I was sick, people would always, or I would always say, and others would say, you know, it's not that bad. You have a good cancer. It's not that bad. I would downplay what was happening to me. But that doesn't serve you. Let it hurt. Let it be hard. Live in the reality of what your life is. Because the more you can do that, the more you're actually going to be able to hold space for those for whom the circumstances are more dire. But if we don't even give ourselves that gift of our own empathy and our own compassion, I truly don't know if we can show up fully for the people around us and those who might need us most and need what we have to give most. We've all had to say goodbye in part ways with what could have been. And now as we all start settling into and anchoring into what is, there's also a really special thing that's happening and is going to happen right now. And that is us taking the time and creating the space to imagine new possibility. What could happen now? Who might I become now? What will this shift in society that is going to further connect us and uplift us together? How might I contribute my unique gifts and skills to what the world's going to need now in the coming months and in the coming years? Yes, it is hard to say goodbye to what you hoped would happen. It was hard for me to say goodbye to the tour. But now I'm going to hold space for and lean into new possibility. And it's messy and it's hard because it's about logistically, let's talk about the logistics, going from working with a team on a specific objective of a tour that didn't happen, so not having the catharsis of the thing we were planning for two months, three months happening, to now shutting down those operations and starting to look out, okay, what team do I need to create what's in me to create next? And the, how can we best serve given the new reality? And what could that look like? And what I realized was I was thinking small and playing small because this is a time of fear, of intensity, of 
just so many limiting beliefs have come into play for me. I have forgotten who the fuck I am and what the fuck I'm here to do. And so this next period of time I've given myself a week is for me to really dive into and remember who the fuck I am and what I am here to do and to not diminish it. You know, Mitch and I, we are thinking of starting a family soon. And, you know, that type A in my brain was like, after my surgery in 2018 to, to, for my endometriosis, I had given myself the year of 2019 to figure out my next company, my new move, like course face, make it happen, scale it. And then by 2020, we would start looking at getting pregnant and everything would happen in this linear time frame. And then I realized Core Space wasn't what I was meant to build. I realized I meant to interview and I'm meant to create this show. And so that started taking root at the end of 2019. And then first quarter 2020 was supposed to be the tour into second quarter. And then by the end of this year, we would have planned our second tour and I would have the full slate of the show ready to go, which meant by 2021, we could start planning to have kids because I would be established enough with this voice and this platform and the show and have interviewed enough thought leaders and experts to have established my credibility that now I could take a second and get pregnant and look at starting a family. Well, (laughs) obviously that's not what's going down. And obviously getting pregnant and having a family right now doesn't feel right. I feel so much shame when I think about continuing to delay us starting our family because I want to build more in my career and I want to take care of my health more before I get pregnant. And many people and women in my life and folks in my life are like, just, you know, do it now. There's never going to be a right time, all these things, but I just, I still don't feel ready. And there is a lot of shame in that. There's a lot of doubt in myself. And so all of this is compounding right now. And I know I'm not the only one who's having complex feelings about how do I plan the replacement plans now? How do I choose the next right thing when maybe what you had sequentially in your timeline isn't actually what you want to do now? Like, I don't want to start a family right now. I want to keep working and building, but now I have to work on and build our virtual events and digital products, which aren't things that were a major priority in the beginning, but are the things that can also make us profitable faster. And it reminds me of a quote that Oprah said is like, do what you don't want to do long enough to get to doing what you do want to do. What do I really want to do? I want to travel the world, interview thought leaders with all of you and elevate our conversations on resilience and rising. That's shiny. It's awesome. It was what was going to happen. But guess what? That's not happening. So what I really want to do is on a indefinite pause, probably for 18 months. So in the next 18 months, what I do get to do is dive into myself as an artist and creative and a writer, which is something I've been putting off and avoiding. I've been talking about writing a book for the last five years of my life and maybe put pen to paper and get that started. And I'm not saying this in a way where it's like, I'm going to be that person who writes their book during COVID quarantine. I'm probably not. But at least like last night, getting inspired and waking up and writing the couplets and and the poems that I did in the middle of the night, there is space for creativity in a way I haven't experienced before right now. And the other things that I'm quote unquote, don't want to be doing, like looking at the foundations of my business and asking myself, how do I 
create a stable, profitable business around the brand that I'm creating is the conundrum of my career. And so if I can take time this next 18 months, because that is a lot of time before I realistically think we can officially go on tour and have all of you feel safe and comfortable and have myself feel safe and comfortable, if I can chip away at that conundrum enough to feel strong in the foundation of this business and this company, I'm going to be in such a better place when I go on tour and see all of you and I'm not leaning so hard on sponsorship but have it coming in anyways and I'm not leaning so hard on the profile of others because I've had time to establish and build my own even more. So it's like I have to do and so many of us have to do more of the hard things that we might have been delaying and putting off because they're the harder things to be done (laughs) instead of the things that were going to gratify us faster and give us the ego hits that we might have needed faster. And so when I'm looking at my new plans and actions right now, I'm being insanely intentional about am I choosing the right things for that long-term payoff of the plan that I've had to grieve? Because that's going to still happen one day and a lot of your plans and dreams that you've had to put off It's not that they're not going to ever happen. They will happen just on a different timeline. So what work can you do now to make that payoff even better when it happens? These are the questions we get to ask ourselves now and the things we get to chew on now in this state of uncertainty. And it's been wildly uncomfortable to be this uncertain for, (laughs) I'm saying so long, It's, it's only been three weeks for us right now. But that's a pretty long time. And we don't know how long this period of self-isolation, social isolation is going to be if we're going to have to do another wave of it. But I am mentally prepping for the long haul. And I genuinely know that myself and all of you, we are going to come through this on the other side stronger, more connected to ourselves, to our work, to what we're here to do than we are now. And I want to say, like, if you haven't heard this, I'm proud of you. I am proud of you for everything you've endured and shown up for in this process. I am proud of you for the hard decisions you've had to make. And I'm proud of you for all that you have become to this point through this global trauma and global pandemic and all you will become. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of me. I did it. I sat down. I hit record. That's all I that's all I could ask of myself today. And I hope that what I shared here today was what you needed to hear today. And I'm going to leave you with some questions. Because these are questions that I've been chewing on and will continue to chew on and I think that questions are great right now questions in times of uncertainty allow us allow our minds to open up to possibility first how is this moment impacting you how is this moment impacting you it's a simple question and mitch asked me it yesterday and i thought oh my gosh like i haven't sat down and written through that in a direct way it's been more 
the reaction and like what I need to do, the actions I need to take now. It's not how are you really right now? How has this impacted you and your confidence and your mindset and your plans for your business or your personal plans? How has this impacted you? Because what that's going to give you is an opportunity to assess your current reality. Where am I really at right now? What is really up in the air right now? And something I'm going to say here too, and I've talked about this in a previous episode around confidence, is when you go through a significant trauma like this as a collective, and we haven't seen this happen in a collective way, but as individuals, I read this in Option B, written by Sheryl Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant, after Sheryl Sandberg lost her husband suddenly. When you go through a significant trauma, you lose your confidence. Because your entire sense of self-identity life is gone. So you don't really feel like yourself. So if right now you're feeling incompetent or you're being extra hard on yourself because of how you're performing or if you're under-delivering, like, that is normal. And that is okay. And you can keep showing up and you're going to make it through this and you're going to feel better about yourself and more confident if you don't continue to beat yourself up and just take a step back and accept the reality that things are different for a while And you might not feel like your quote-unquote best self for a while. That is normal. That's okay. And that's what trauma and going through intense things as individuals makes us feel. So you are more competent than you feel right now. And your confidence will take time to come back as you become more and more accustomed to the current reality and as you make more and more of the hard decisions that you have to to feel grounded and centered right now so your confidence will come back so yes the first question is how is this moment impacting me the next it's more of an exercise that i did this morning it's remove yourself from all expectations from the expectations you have on yourself from the expectations your kids might have on you your spouse, your family, yourself. When you imagine those expectations gone, then ask yourself, what do I really care about right now? And where do I truly need to be spending my time right now and want to be spending my time right now? This is also like such a cool exercise because... In this transition for me from planning the tour and having, you know, seven or eight of us working on the tour nonstop to this pause and me looking at the team and saying, okay, what do we truly need in these next steps? I don't just get to make a knee-jerk reaction. I'm not going to just make a knee-jerk reaction, which might have been what I did a few years ago. Instead, I get to intentionally ask myself, without the expectations What would I want to create for this company, for lessons learned, for myself, to grow and be an even stronger interviewer, to grow and be an even stronger writer, artist, creator? Without expectation, what do I want to focus on right now? And there's amazing possibility in that question. But those possibilities can sometimes only emerge when we let the expectations drop. So ask yourself, without expectation, if all those expectations were gone right now, 
what would be the things you would want to focus on and do and write that shit down. The next question is, what are you admiring most about people around you right now? This one was really good for me because it helped me realize that I was really admiring the confidence and the courage of the people who are showing up every day on lives for others. The folks who are as acting as friends, teachers, guides, coaches, who are showing up and helping people walk through the heart of right now. And I admire that so much because it's also something I want to do for others. And I have to find my way back to doing that for others in a way that feels right to me. But I also admire it because it's helped me so much. And folks that I'm admiring right now include actually Rachel Hollis and her husband Dave Hollis. And I did share about my experience at the RISE conference, but what under what was underneath my experience there as one of the only women of color in the audience and feeling very isolated in that reality as an audience member was this bottom line that even as women of color, as people of color, we deserve personal development access and opportunity and that the teachings are still so valid and so important to my own personal growth and development. And so right now they're doing a challenge called the next 90 days and it's a free challenge where there's coaching on Monday, 45 minutes, and then they share things every day on the podcasts on their, they have two podcasts and then on their morning lives about how we can improve over the next 90 days, commit to what they call the five to thrive and grow personally together as a community. And it gives an anchor to all of us who are participating in terms of this is something I get to look forward to every day. This is going to help cement my habits even more. And this is going to walk me through a really hard time that we're all going through together. And that courage to like pivot and make something for people to engage with that's free, that's going to help people through this period of time so much. I find that so courageous and I find that so inspiring. And so I'm going to lean into and consume more of the things that make me feel that way. And sometimes I can feel shame and weird about being so into the personal development space and and feeling the need to want to be in this world because for whatever reason growing up, personal development and coaches and even my dad talks about coaches and he's like, oh, you're a life coach? What are you going to tell me about life? Not me specifically, but, but life coaches that he's engaged with. And I'm like, I get it, I get it, I get it. But I just, I'm obsessed with this space. So it's obviously somewhere I want to live and exist. So I'm also figuring out my relationship to personal development, which I'm sure a lot of us are without feeling like we're like drinking the Kool-Aid. So it's funny because I know that this podcast fits in that world. So (laughs) what a conundrum. Maybe this is something I'll dig into over the COVID era. But yes, so ask yourself this third question. What are you admiring most about other people right now? And again, for me, it's the bravery, courage, and consistency. Another woman who comes to mind is my friend Mandy Balak. And she runs the ACE class and is a really wonderful woman. And I was going to keynote at the uh, RISE conference, which is different than Rachel Hollis's RISE conference, in Canmore in April. And Mandy lost her grandma yesterday um, to covid She was in a retirement residence and she was infected by COVID and then passed away. And Mandy shared that with her audience and shared a photo of her grandma and having seen her last month. And 
it was so powerful to see that because this morning Mandy was back online, 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time for her morning meditation and coffee talk and is consistently continuing to show up for herself and her community by intentionally starting her day with her community. So these are the examples that I want to lean into more and find a way to offer my version of whatever that service is going to be in terms of being in service to all of you, my community. So just know that I'm figuring that out right now. Now the fourth question is, what are the unshiny things that I need to do right now? And so this is me riffing off of what I was saying earlier of doing what you don't want to do long enough to do what you want to do. So list out the things and activities or things related to work, business, your life that you've been putting off that can, that are begging for your attention and that once you start chewing on them, doing them, you will feel more confident. You will feel stronger in your business and your life and lean into those things. Now the last one, number five, it's not a question but a reminder. Tune back in to your higher calling. I, like I shared with the perfectionism, with ego ramping its head, with so much uncertainty, with everything that's going awry around us, we forget why the fuck we're here. We forget our bigger dreams and visions. And I also find that as we get older, it's harder for us to imagine the impossible and to still see that as possible for ourselves. So if I want to build my talk show, have it be seen by millions around the world, loved by millions around the world, if I want to travel the world and interview folks who inspire me most from every corner of this planet and share those stories and interviews with all of you and have that be a viable career in life for myself, interviewing the people we look up to most and having them be my peers and my friends and us continuing to learn every day from each other and teach every day with all of you and not only that but getting to meet all of you from every corner of the world if that is my dream if that's my higher calling if that's big part of why I'm here I can't forget it I need to lean into that shit I need to remember it I need to come back to it and not let the not let the intensity and craziness of right now force me into scarcity for the long term because we do have to shrink our budgets right now. We have to figure out our cash flow. We have to tighten our purse strings. We have to go through our statements, our financial statements, and figure out what expenses can go right now. We have to contract in a lot of ways. We have to pause on certain dreams. But that's only for a short period of time. It could be a few months. It could be six months, ten months, eight, eight months, however many months. But this is just a portion of your life. It's not forever. So still tune into your bigger dreams. Remember who the fuck you are and why the fuck you're here. And let those things guide you, even through the intensity, scarcity, and hardness of right now. So the recap. How is this moment impacting me? Ask yourself that. Journal it out. The second Remove yourself from all expectations and ask yourself, what do you want to do right now? What do you need to do right now? Number three, ask yourself, what am I most admiring about the people around me who are showing up right now, who are doing things that I admire right now? What do I admire about them? Why? 
And then ask yourself, what are the unshiny things that require my attention right now? And how do I give them my attention right now? And finally, tune into your higher calling. Remember who the fuck you are and why the fuck you're here. So that's it for me this week, my loves. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week and weekend. And I'll see you next week. I'm back on my weekly recording schedule. And I'm so happy I finally am. Sending you all my love. Until next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Komal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at LessonsLearned.co. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye!